Chef David Chang and the members of the Recipe Club sift through millions of search results to find the very best way to make the food you want to eat. Each week, they cook three recipes for the same dish, debate them, and ultimately declare the winning recipe. Check out Recipe Club on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a very delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. British Baking Show podcast. I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And every week we're going to break down the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of season 12 of the Great British Baking Show. Uh, I mean, we ha- right off the bat, we're not British. We no. are not really bakers. No. And I think whether or not we're great depends on who you ask. But we are big fans of the show. Uh, yeah. I think it's safe to say we have a lot of opinions about the show. Which, I mean, is the only thing that qualifies us for this, but uh, (laughs) we love it. We love it. And we are very, very excited to break down every episode every week, uh, starting right now. So really quick, how and when did you get into the Great British Baking Show? Great British Bake Off, whatever you call it. It's all the same show, no matter where you are in the world. We'll probably use both names. Sure. Um, Just run me through like your Bake Off fandom. Well, it's it started a few years ago when I was like, I need something to watch on TV and I need it to be nice because I'm sad right now. And someone, I don't remember who, recommended The Great British Bake Off. They're like, I think you'll really like it. You love reality TV and th- they bake things. And I'm also a huge fan of the Food Channel. So I was like, oh, okay, sure. And just, you know, sat through it and did it in an entire weekend, which is what I do with most shows. So, um, <laughs> but then I've been really following it ever since. Um, I really got into like, so I'd watched it and then I started to actually follow along, um, week by week, which I like rarely do with shows. I just wait until they're all there, uh, last year or not last year, but the year before and, uh, really got into those bakers. So I'm, I, Again, I'm loving everyone and I'm really excited to get into it. So, same. I, for anyone who knows, uh, Amelia and I host Tea Time together with Liz Kelly, and they talk a lot of reality TV on that podcast, and I can never engage. I am not a reality TV fan. I have some issues with like some secondhand embarrassment. I don't like the drama. I don't like just like kind of the, you know, the forced awkwardness of reality television. I am obsessed with The Great British Bake Off. It's the only reality TV show I love. It's one of my favorite shows ever. And I had watched it before, but I did the real like full deep dive rewatch like during the early pandemic, which was like the perfect time to do it. I forgot about that. Everyone was baking at home. I was baking at home. And I was like, what kind of programming can I, you know, start watching to 
accompany this. Uh, <laughs> so I baked things with my mom and we watched every single season that we could possibly find. Aww. We watched celebrity episodes. We watched Christmas episodes. Uh, and it was just great. And so I also then started watching the new season, um, you know, week to week. And now here we are. It's finally back. It's uh, huge. And it's, I think it's what the world needs right now. Oh, it's always what the world needs. I mean, like, I'll be honest. I The thing about this show is that, and they tried to do the American version with like Aisha Curry and all those like big name uh, food people, but it's like you can't top the Great British Bake Off. There's something so British and there's just like a, just a quality to it that cannot be replicated by American reality television. You, you know? can't. I tried so hard when we finished to find like a similar vibe. It didn't even no. have to be cooking. I just wanted to find a show that took me to the same level of like serotonin that this sure. show does. And it, there just isn't one. Uh, so thank goodness it's back. Um, we have both seen the first episode and we'll get into it in just a second. I do really quickly want to plug uh, this week in anticipation of the first episode on TheRinger.com, we posted the Great British Bake Off Hall of Fame. Uh, so a bunch of staffers went back and we didn't rank them because ranking is just against the spirit of the Great British Bake Off. So true. But we listed them, we gave out some superlatives, and then we basically just wrote about all of our favorite bakers. Um, I think I wrote about Jane Beadle, Nancy Burtwistle, uh, Lottie, my girl from last season, and then Bryony, who's also one of my favorites. So uh, that's great. All your favorite bakers are in there. So I highly recommend that as like your <laughs> GBBO, like if you're waiting for next season or the next episode of this season. Go ahead and read that in the meantime. Um, but should we get into the first episode of season 12? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so there are 12 contestants. Um, and I feel like it always happens where like, you listen, some of these people we're never going to think about again. You know, like some people, <laughs> sure. some people go the distance, some people don't. 12 is a lot. It's hard to get a lot of screen time. So I think in this episode, obviously, we're going to be talking about standouts. But I just want to rattle off some names of all of them to start just so that even Everyone if there are people, deserves a little bit. Right. Even if there are people that we don't talk about that didn't really make an impression due to their edit, uh, you know, we acknowledge you and you're great for making it on the show. So we have Amanda, Chiggs, Christelle, Freya, George, Giuseppe, Jerzino, Jurgen, Lizzie, Maggie, Roshika, and Tom are our 12 season 12 bakers. Thrilling stuff. Yes. Uh, we immediately had some favorites. And when we get the introduction to the bakers, uh, obviously they do these backstories where they filmed the season in a bubble, but they did give us um, some video of their homes and their families. And uh, listen, this guy's going to be a standout this whole episode. I think probably this whole show. It's our guy, Jorgen. Um, I, he, I love this man. From the very first shot, first of all, incredible eyebrows. This man, his eyebrows are... Unbelievable. The <laughs> volume of them, the character of them uh -huh. is really something special. And I think he had the best backstory. Um, they showed some video of his house, I believe, in Brighton. And he and his family play their uh, <laughs> trumpet instruments. I yeah. think one of them had a trumpet. He had a trombone. Okay. And they serenade the walkers <laughs> on Brighton Beach, uh, <laughs> including, but not limited to, his pet rabbit, Humphrey. Like, are you kidding me? Unbelievable Are you stuff. Me? Just of course, right out the gate. <laughs> it's everything we want. It's so lovely. Oh <laughs> my god. Show. It was just like you thought you were on one level with this like delightful man. Oh, oh, actually they play instruments for people and he has a rabbit. 
named Humphrey. Unbelievable Name stuff. Humphrey's too much. From Jorgen. We oh. love to see it. Um, oh. Also, you mentioned, what was uh, another standout backstory? Giuseppe. Um, he's Italian and he has three sons. He lives in, obviously, Britain now. And it, he was like, they had like, Giuseppe bakes with his sons. And he was like baking with them. And he called one of them Amore. And I was just like, oh my God, this Italian man. Oh, <laughs> Yes. Marry me, divorce your wife. No, um, I just, he was so delightful too. Incredible stuff. Oh he was my like, God. no, Amore, we have to eat that for dinner. Yes. And I was like, yes. Also, I have to, just a warning right now, there are going to be some really bad accents, possibly offensive on this podcast. We're Americans. We are just going to try our best. It's fine. Right. Well, and I think that, you know, accents, I, accents are different than like vernacular. Right. You know it's I mean? fine. So Jorgen has a delightful little accent too. <laughs> yes. So listen, oh we God. love these guys. Um, we do. Now, worst backstory. <laughs> they can't all be winners. And uh, we learned about Lizzie, who is right. just like a fun and funky gal. And she reminds she, me a little bit of if you know Kim Joy, but I mean, mm-hmm. Kim Joy is an icon and I don't want to compare yeah. Kim Joy to anyone, but <laughs> she has like the colored hair, she's right. got like the cute little fun clothing. So, I yeah. think she's meant to be sort of in the image of Kim Joy in terms of casting. Oh, uh, love Kim she Joy. She is pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure about Lizzie because her backstory Basically, the whole thing was like she has a mixer with a sticker of Paul Hollywood on it. And in the sticker, it's like one of those things you can get from like Redbubble or Etsy. He has like an open blazer with like a six pack. See, I'm into that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So she also has Prue uh, and she has Paul on her mixer. But I was like, "Mm, I don't know, Lizzie. I'm not sure. I need I need more uh, from you just compared to, you know, the heavy hitters of the rabbit and the trombone. Understandable. I do think that I, when they said she was like a, what did they, they said she was like she a designer on like cars. for cars. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool, Which actually. I, thought, I was like, wow, can we get like more stuff about that? Or yeah. No? You know, okay. there was a season, I think it was Selassie, uh, where like throughout his season, they probably showed him getting on and off of his motorcycle <laughs> twice per episode. Uh, <laughs> so I do need more shots of Lizzie in her cars. Maybe sure. we can get her like the Selassie print. Um, <laughs> But some other standouts, uh, just from very, very much like first impressions, uh, 19-year-old Freya is the youngest baker, and she is vegan. So now I wasn't sure how this was going to work because obviously like she has a choice with um, the signature bake and with the showstopper, she can use vegan ingredients. That's fine. But I wasn't sure about the technical because some vegan people right. don't like to come in contact with animal products, don't like to have it in their homes, don't like to have it around them. And I was like, if she is a vegan who is like that strict, I think it's, I don't know how the show's going to do it. However, obviously, uh, she's not that strict. And the technical challenge involved butter and involved dairy products. And so it seems like her vegan baking is going to be limited to the signature and the showstopper, which is like incredibly difficult. Uh, and, and, and totally understandable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. But it was, I was like, okay, I understand now that like, they're not going to change the technical for her. I, w- I thought maybe like they'll give her different ingredients, but like, obviously they're not. So, I get um, that, yeah. so yeah, anything that she sort of has control over, I think throughout the whole season will be vegan. Um, and then she'll just do the same technical as everyone else. Nice. But impressive. And I like that they've updated it. You know, we live in LA and, and I feel like a lot of people are like, Oh, vegan baking. Like, why would you do that? Um, but I would say if I hadn't lived in LA for four years, which I now have, I would have been skeptical, but I've had so many vegan desserts here because it's just LA. They're delicious. They're so good. They They taste like the regular real thing. They can be just as good as long as like, it's, you know, high quality ingredients, high quality baking, whatever. So like, I think it's totally doable. I think she can go the whole way. Uh, she seems really good. 
Um, I and agree. then you wanted to mention another standout. As I well. want to mention Chigs. Um, mm-hmm. producer Sasha. She said that on Love Island there was a Chugs. I think. Yeah. So it's Chugs and Chigs, but this is Chigs. And he is, he's like, I just started baking during the pandemic. And they went through his whole backstory where he was like, and he was helping his mom on this and he was painting things and he was learning all these new things. And I was like, okay, all right. All right. Okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Well, I got out of bed today, so right. If he wins, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Me too. But also, I, his haircut is just impeccable. He's got that incredibly straight line in his hair. I'm like, when do you find the time, Chiggs? It's like he's handsome. He's good at baking. He, you know, is really a, a true renaissance man. So I know. I'm know. impressed and repulsed uh, <laughs> exactly. by Chiggs. Um, but, you know, rooting for him and, you know, hoping for the best. Sure. Um, okay. So all of these contestants, the ones we mentioned, the ones we didn't, uh, it was Cake Week was their first challenge. A classic. Love Cake Week. And, uh, as always, I have to ask you, first of all, uh, every, for those who know, every Bake Off episode is separated into three challenges. So you have the signature bake, which is usually something like maybe a batch bake or, um, there's like a theme, but they, it's a little bit easier. They get to do it in their own style. Um, it's hard to describe if you haven't seen it. We'll get into it in a moment. Uh, the technical challenge, which is where they all get a pared down recipe of something that they've never seen before, don't really know what it is, and they all get the same ingredients in the same amount of time to make the exact same thing. And then the showstopper, self-explanatory, um, but it's basically something really big. They usually have like four or five hours to make it. Um, they have a lot of like artistic elements and things like that, a lot of presentation. Which of these, when you're watching a Great British Bake Off episode, which of these is your favorite? Which one are you like, oh, I'm going to go take a bathroom break, but I can't miss the blank challenge? I, just, I don't think you can miss the showstopper. I know that's so cliche, but it's just like, it's the showstopper for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally fair. Sasha said technical, and I agree. I love okay. the technical. I don't know why. There's something about, first of all, just like the mystery of it and... I don't know. There's some, I feel like you just see the whole, like all of human emotion in this like 15 minute, uh, series of like what are, and it's also usually very weird things, which I also kind of appreciate. Like as a, again, like a dumb American, uh, you get to kind of learn about these strange British desserts that you've never heard of. And you're like, oh my God, like, yeah, I would eat that. Or like, oh no, I would never want to eat that. Um, and usually something terrible happens, which like, you know, can be kind of dramatic, can be stressful. Um, but I just love the technical. I always think it's so fun. I think it's good that they have it because it really separates who can do like baking, who can actually bake and get a recipe and be like, okay, I have to make this like uniform. Yeah, um, absolutely. I had that reaction this time because they had to make butter as part of, and we'll again get into the specifics in a moment, but mm-hmm. I'm always like, who knows how to make butter? And then like, Dude, they all know what? how to make butter. Like that's like nothing to them. That's not even something they're stressed about. And that's when you're like, oh, right. Like these people are really good, you know, because <laughs> yeah, exactly. you, can't, oh, yeah, oh, you can't practice it. You have no idea no. what it's going to be. Of so it is not. very dependent on like your, your original skill set. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. 
Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. So I guess we can get into the specific challenges this week. So it started off, the signature bake was 12 decorative mini rolls. So for the, I guess for those who don't know, it's kind of like, you know, like the hostess rolls. <laughs> Yes. I think is, is essentially what they were making. Ho-hos, they could do, I think. Ho-hos, yes. Uh, they could do any flavor ho-ho with any kind of ingredients. Um, I think the big things that the, that the judges wanted were like a very defined swirl, which is always Yes, fun I noted that. They were see. pissed when you didn't have a swirl. Yeah, uh-huh. really, really hardcore about the swirl. Um, and then obviously, you know, good flavors, good presentation, etc. So... First of all, how do we feel about eating 12 decorative mini rolls? This is one where I was like, I would eat everything here. Oh, definitely. I'm like, yes. I love like the little, the gooey center and the cakey outside and everything. But I was like, okay, this is rude because rolls are freaking difficult to make. (laughs) I don't, I've never made one, but let me tell you, I mean, from my limited experience and what I know, you have to make, make it so the sponge cake isn't too stiff or it'll crack or you don't want to make it too gooey and pudding light or, or else it's gonna what happened with uh lizzie so right so it's difficult exactly like you said there was a range of results um this was not an easy challenge and so three different bakers did like black forest flavoring which is a very british thing that we don't really have much in america have you ever had anything really black forest it's chocolate cherry and then kirsch I, I mean, I think I have, but it's been, it's a long time. Yeah, it's not something super common, but it is apparently very common over there because they all chose it. Um, I'm like, it's one of those things where it's just a cultural difference where I'm like, okay, do you guys know I about know. like chocolate and peanut butter? Like, <laughs> this is what you're choosing over <laughs> like any other flavor combination. Oh. Um, but three different people chose to do that. Um, a lot of people did some fruit inspired things. Uh, Giuseppe did orange. Uh, Roshika did carrot cake. Um, but yeah, there was a range of results. So I think the standout people, they don't have a specific winner of the signature bake standouts, uh, were our guys that we already talked about, uh, Giuseppe and Jorgen. So Jorgen was the winner of the black forest off. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Which helps. Cause I think he said he was from the black forest or nearby. Um, and then Giuseppe, everything was so, he's like a, an engineer and it was, everything was so uniform and perfect. It was impeccable. It was amazing. I was like, damn, how did you make it look so good? These are my favorite bakers every time. <laughs> the fucking engineers, when they come in with their protractors and their yep. rulers yep. and their blueprints and their pencils. I'm talking about like Richard from like season five or like <laughs> Ian from Nadia season. Anytime these guys come in and have like mathematical right. equations yeah. for their, I'm like, I'm in. You're my favorite and you're going the whole way. And I just love it. These are like always, this is my favorite like archetype. Sasha says, Andrew Smith, the ginger. Right. He also was almost one. Uh, I think he lost uh, maybe to Nancy um, or like later. He definitely made it to the final three. But yeah, there's like a very specific category of like this, these engineers and like these math guys. Um, it's and iconic. I think Giuseppe, it's incredible. Giuseppe, I think was like, these need to be eight centimeters each. And he was like, yes. got out his little ruler. I was like, yes, I'm in. It was amazing. Um, so he was great. Uh, Jorgen, again, also had a good result. He, uh, Paul made him eat his own cake, which was like a little bit threatening. That I was sweating for him when he was like, all right, eat your own cake. 
And then he ate and like it. handed him the fork very slowly. Poor Jurgen. And then he was like, "What did you think? You're not going to say that you, it, your cake is bad, right?" I mean, but and, also, and it it's wasn't. Like, you're feeling pressure, and he's like, "What do you think?" And was like, oh, "I I like it, and I would purchase it." Right? Oh my god! <laughs> Which is pretty much was the vibe from Jurgen. Yeah, I was like sweating for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but luckily Paul was like, "Yes, I agree. Me too. It's yeah. great." So Same. that was probably the best case scenario. Uh, really, an indirect handshake. I feel like you could say him That's handing him the too. fork you almost get it's like half a handshake it uh, was i agree we'll count it um couple people struggled on the signature bake uh we mentioned lizzie she uh <laughs> she made like these giraffe rolls um i like that, the concept but just not the execution and we'll talk more about them later but it did not work out for her there was some issues with presentation uh george forgot to close his oven door so then like his were all melting and then his like all got really smooshed However, it looked, looked delicious. A lot of chocolate going on It really on did. There. I was like, I would eat these with a spoon. I'm sorry that I have to eat them with a spoon, but like I would. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Like Matt, he his looked like kind of weird when he first rolled them up, but then he put a bunch of chocolate on them, which right. I thought was smart because he was covering it up and being like, uh, was this actually, Tom? Was it Tom? Oh, Tom. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Tom. It was no, Tom. There's a Tom every season. And I think last uh. season he was named Matt. So it's fine. <laughs> There's a Tom every year. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, Maggie uh, and Chigs were pretty good also. I think they liked, like, their sponge. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I think Giuseppe was the standout. His were beautiful. They loved the orange flavoring. And Gorgeous. then Jurgen so good. Uh, was the other one. So we love some solid presentation. We do. Very pleasing to see. Um, okay, so let's get into the technical. The challenge was a malt loaf, which Amelia and I were talking before we started recording. We had to turn on the subtitles to figure out what they were saying. <laughs> uh, I had never heard of a malt loaf. Had you ever heard of a malt loaf? No, because at first I thought they were saying malt loaf, like M-O-L-T, like like a molten like lava <laughs> or like, yeah, a malt, like you're, it, you're taking apart something because you're going to shed it or something. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, very but confusing. No, it was um, malt. So this is kind of, it looked like, so kind of a pound cake um, with like prunes in it, like chopped up prunes. And then I think I had like molasses and then it had candied orange peel Oranges on top. on the top, yeah. Um, and then they ate it with butter. So that was confusing because they were like, it's not a bread, it's a cake, but also you're eating it with butter. Right. Um, so I was a little bit confused about what the what the kind of dessert this was supposed to be. Um, they talked a lot about how people under 35 would not know what this was. So we're under 35. So that's there our you excuse. Go. Exactly. Um, this is for afternoon tea, apparently. So that makes sense. But again, like you don't usually eat cakes with butter. And when they were judging them, they were like, oh, this isn't good. This is too bready. So I was like, what? I know that was weird. I was like, what? Are you saying it's like not moist enough or what's going on here? Right. So uh, I have to say, easy technical challenge. No one did that badly. No, they, I, I, yeah, that's what it seemed like. And it was also like everyone's presentation was nice too, which yeah, isn't they always all looked the case. pretty good. Uh, yeah. As technicals go, like I would say the difficulty was pretty low. Um, well, sure. Especially if it was like, here's a pan and you need to bake in it. It's like, well, right. Thank God. <laughs> exactly. Like, I can do that, which is saying <laughs> I lot. feel like we probably could have made this. Uh, I mean, I, it wouldn't yeah. have been good. It probably wouldn't no. have been, you know, underproved or whatever. Paul exactly. would say, but um, they didn't prove it. It was a cake. It was a bread. I know my basics. <laughs> right. Um, but, I can make it look good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially you put it in a loaf pan and you bake it and you and sprinkle you some candied orange peel on top. I would not have been able to make butter, but it's fine. Yeah. 
Um, so the standouts in the technical challenge were George came in third, I believe. Uh, Freya came in second and Maggie came in first. Yay. Uh, exciting for Maggie. She's the oldest contestant this year and uh, she crushed it. I mean, this is her home She's base. so delightful. I know. Really. And she was like, uh, what did she say? She was like, well, it was like for people older than 35. And so everyone asked me what a mole cake was. And I was like, <laughs> so great yeah. stuff from Maggie. She um, was, yeah. Delightful. And Freya, who was the youngest contestant, was like, well, right. they said I wouldn't know what it was and I crushed it. So good for her. Hats off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as technicals go, not that exciting. Nothing really horrible happened. I think Amanda yeah. had like flower bits in her technical or, or in her loaf. Man. But that was as bad as it got. So, you know, a nice, a nice easy, uh, especially compared to last, like last season's first episode with like the bus cakes and then like some horrible uh, technical mm, like this is bus a cake. So yeah. far, like a breeze. It's <laughs> seriously. I know so, they're lucky. So yeah. However, showstopper was Ooh. definitely challenging. Uh, so they had to build an anti-gravity illusion cake. So it had to look like it was being held up in a way that defies gravity, and it had to represent a precious memory for them. Um, so basically, like it was, we have to not know how it's standing. Uh, so, which is kind of like an iffy brief, um, and we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, so we saw all sorts of things. You know, Jurgen made uh, the first book that he ever read in, in English, which was Thomas More's Utopia. <laughs> uh, incredible <laughs> with the little light, light. yeah, lamp. Sure. It was and really yeah, good. His, his anti gravity element was like a Pixar lamp, kind of like shining down <laughs> yeah. on it. It incredible. was good. Yeah, um, our guy Giuseppe made a Jack and the Beanstalk cake. Uh, which kids. they said they said was a little dry, which I think was the only thing that kind of yeah. knocked him out of the running. Um, but it was like a cloud suspended on a beanstalk. That was really impressive. Um, Christelle, who we actually have not talked about much yet, also had just an incredible showstopper. It was a bouquet of, or a bouquet, I'm sorry, of flowers, right. <laughs> which was incredible. Because it was like when you have a bouquet and it's, it's shaped like a funnel and hers was shaped like a funnel and um, it was standing up or quote unquote standing up, which I thought was like, damn, that's impressive. Yeah, extremely top heavy uh, and looked beautiful. Some of these were like, they got the anti-gravity element, but it was a little rough looking. Like I think Amanda's. Roche, Amanda had like a wave with dolphins coming out of it. And then it um, broke apart. It did break, but that wasn't her fault. They took a no, slice out of the bottom when That's they tried true. it. That's true, but also it was just like it Ew. fell. Yeah, it fell afterwards. Um, yeah. There were a couple disasters like that. Uh, Chigs had a coffee cup pouring into like a, a mug of coffee, and the mug fell off uh, as he it, was and walking it, like, up. Disintegrated. Yeah, tough. Uh, although his was cute, actually. It was a, it was, it was really a good cute. idea. It had the little splashes of coffee coming out. Um, what else? Amanda had her wave that they cut into. Right. Uh, there were a couple like true, true disasters. Um, the first of which was Jerzino, who I have to say this was never going to work. Uh, he was going to build his entirely from cake. So like no structural elements. A lot of people had, you know, wiring or Rice Krispies or something to help it stand up. Like and Jerzino was yeah. like... No, I'm built different, and this cake will be built different. And oh my god, he was gonna build a paint can pouring paint down onto a cake. And right off the bat, his cake roll that he was like rolling it up into like a mega roll, like 
I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it. you know when you do when you do when you have when you're a child and you have like fruit roll-ups and you're like I'm going to roll all of my fruit roll-ups together and put all <laughs> like gushers in it. That's kind of what he was thinking and he was like, "Okay, I'm going to have all these like um pans of cakes and then I'm going to link them by frosting and then I'm going to put the frosting on and then we're going to roll it." And it was just like this was never a good idea. I would love to know, like, if he did it successfully at home, and all, if I don't so, think how? So. Because I don't, I don't see how this ever could have worked. And it's just he, like Jerzino, buddy, yeah, it was too thin. He was rolling it, and like his fingers were like just oh. swimming in buttercream, like it melted so buttercream. He was rolling and rolling. He was like, "This isn't gonna work." I'm like, "I could have told you that." So yeah. then he. He didn't even decorate it. He had like a couple pink splashes on it. There Some was pink no stuff. Yeah. No anti-gravity element. He just did not make it there. I don't know what he did for four hours, to be honest with you. Other I, I than know. Like, they were like, you've been standing around or something. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I, I don't think there was a way to salvage it. I think it was a structural <laughs> issue. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I incredibly tough, like truly disastrous. So initially, I mean, it seemed like Derzino, like there's no way that he cannot go home. He didn't present anything remotely resembling an illusion cake. However, Tom, our guy Tom, um, Tom, he presented a cake that was a piano on yeah, top I of a, a platform. I thought it looked like a cannonball to begin with, but yeah. Yeah, it was not super clear. <laughs> um, and it was inspired by a concert hall. And it just leaned a little bit. So they were like, that's gravity. Kind of. Yeah. They were like, this isn't what we ordered. This does not fit the brief. This is not an illusion cake that has some sort of element of like actually defying gravity. And so Tom went home. He did. Uh, we can get into the results now to talk about this because I have some thoughts about Tom going Please. home. Yeah. Now, Tom did quite badly. Uh, on the other challenges as well. You mentioned his his rolls, uh, which were incredibly chocolatey. He tried to cover his sins with chocolate, which like, listen, oh, he tried. I'm in. I'm in. That would work for me. Um, but they were bad. Uh, and then I think his technical was also he was somewhere in the bottom. So like already struggling. And he kind of knew that he was like, I'm in the bottom. He literally said that. And I think Noel came up to him and was like, you're not going home week one. Yeah, like, they literally said he nice. was like, he was like, your vibes are good. And Tom was like, that's what they say when your cooking's bad. I was like, oh, that didn't age well. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so here's my thing. And so Tom went home because his cake didn't fit the brief. And Gerizino stayed, even though he had an absolutely disastrous showstopper, uh, because at least he tried to fit the brief. And I get it. However, are we pretending like no one has seen Tom's recipe before he makes it in the tent, before yeah. he tells... Prue and Paul. I know he has to run it by producers. He has to tell other people. I'm sure they have to get it approved. And was there no, and this hap has happened on other seasons as well, where like somebody has come up with something that gets, that you doesn't know, fit the brief yeah. for points because it doesn't fit the challenge. I'm like, do they just purposely not tell them? Like every single other person has this kind of recipe planned. And like, again, producers, you know, every, all these people who are working on the show, know about these recipes ahead of time. Obviously, they brief Prune Paul to an extent. Like, nobody can tell him ahead of time and be like, hey, you need to change your recipe. Just the fact that they never no. do that kind of bugs me. It no, seems it's a little rude. unfair. It, no, it totally is. Because, I, I mean, you have to think that they give them enough information as to, like, what they, they know what's going on. But if you're, if you're going to, if he's, if Tom is going to come up with a cake like that compared to what everyone else did, 
Right. You would have to think there was some miscommunication along the lines when it came from producers all the way to Tom. Like, right. Something must have happened. And I would totally get it if, again, like this was some sort of huge surprise where like no one had seen the bake and then he comes out with this and it's like, oh, bummer. Like, sorry, no one could have told you that this doesn't fit the assignment. Right. But, like, Clearly, people knew that this is what he was making. So well, yeah, it just exactly. seems a little harsh for that to be the only the only reason that he goes home is because he didn't understand the assignment. Yeah, some producer was like, "Yeah, okay, I think that works." Right, like he's just sure. like kind of a sacrificial lamb at God. that point. Uh, yeah, that's rude. And it wouldn't bug me, but like it has happened on other seasons. Like just every now and then, it's like it didn't fit the brief, and I'm like, "Can we? There's a way around this, you know?" So, Seriously, especially. With what happened with Jerzino. I mean, I I like Jerzino, right. but like that cake was, it was unacceptable. It, it was unacceptable. It was a disaster, like <laughs> a true disaster. Yeah. So, you know, it's just is like a little bit of a pet peeve, like as I watched the show in the past and I, it just bums me out every time. I'm like, can we not make this more clear then? Um, <laughs> but yeah, sorry to Tom. And again, like there's a Tom every year. There's like a messy guy who would like, you know, Tom specifically said, I, I have this in like our best soundbite section. I don't like doing equal measurements on anything. I mean, you're going home. Like, I don't know what to tell you. This Sorry, is the great Tom. first bake-off. Uh, it's it's not for people who don't do equal measurements. So, sorry to this man, I guess. Um, and if there's something I don't know about why it doesn't fit the brief, like, maybe it's just, like, me being silly, but it bugs me. Um, and hopefully Jerzino can bring it back next week. We're not rooting against him. I just, no, you know, no, that was a tough, just was a tough fake. He, he got lucky, yeah. He did. Now, other result, much more exciting... Uh, star baker of the week. Mm. Who was it? It was Jurgen. Jurgen. And he called his family and they didn't pick up. And I was like, <laughs> that's so adorable. I know. So poor Jurgen was like, I'm a happy little Jurgen. Yes. Uh, and then oh they show him calling his family, which was something that I really missed from like yeah. recent seasons. They've oh, not done it enough. And I was like, yes. Oh my God. We get to see Jurgen tell his family and tell Humphrey about his win. And then it called, it like rang and rang and rang. And he goes, <laughs> I guess no one's home. <laughs> God. They left it on ring like uh, like a beat too long. I was like, okay, we get it. No one's we get it. Up. No one's yeah. picking up for Jorgen. Um, but very exciting. <sighs> I think just like a pretty clear winner. His cake tasted good. His showstopper did. Um, it was clean. It was structurally sound. Uh, he had great mini rolls. And I think he was somewhere in the middle on the technical. So yeah. I mean, he was, I think, one of the only people it could have gone to. Maybe, like, Maggie um, or Christelle were also in the running. I was going to say Christelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They thought, they thought that Giuseppe's showstopper was dry, so that knocked him out uh, for Starbaker. But, um, yeah, Maggie or Christelle probably were in the running for Starbaker. So, but congrats to Jorgen. Absolutely love him. A fan favorite already. Tr- already, yes. Um, all right, let's get into some awards. We are going to workshop these as we go. If anyone has any ideas, feel free to send them our way. Uh, this is going to be just like a little bit of a, I say it's a lightning round, but I know we're going to take forever talking through these. Um, just really quick, we're going to run through just some a couple little awards here. Let's start with the most delicious dessert. This is the dessert from this episode that you wanted to eat the most. I didn't put anything because I wanted to eat literally everything. <laughs> I know, it's so hard to choose. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe those chocolate mini rolls, right? Mm. I was thinking, like, I, maybe I would get eat Jurgen's black forest rolls because, like, he's from Germany, so he knows that and it's stuff. It's true. So that's I mean, I he thinking, said but... he would buy them, and I trust Jurgen's taste. And Noel also reached for another one. I was like, right. okay, but yeah, 
I put for this something about uh, Roshika's apple cake. Her showstopper yes. was like an apple hanging from a tree. That it was looked cute. a little rough, but when they cut it open, it had these like great layers of like apple cake and cinnamon cake. It looked so good. I was into that. I yeah. will say like her branch kind of looked like it was very silly. It, it was, yeah. I mean, compared to like Jurgen's very svelte and sleek, yeah. like little uh, it lamp. was a little lumpy. <laughs> yeah, it was just like okay. I mean, yeah, all right. Yeah, it looked really. I think maybe that's why it surprised me so much when they cut it open. And I was like, oh, yeah. I want some of that. Like, yes, please, totally. All right, what was the worst bake, aka the soggiest bottom? Yes, um, I said Jerzino's last minute ha- <laughs> hail mary cake. That st- that literally started out. You guys, if you haven't watched this, it as a blob. He tried. <laughs> he was like uh, trying to fold it over. And it was like, this was never going, you just spend an hour trying to roll this cake together. And like, that was a mistake from the beginning. Yeah. You gotta just cut your losses, my guy. Oh my God. But you know, it's hard. It's hard to put into words how smooshy and liquidy it was. It was (laughs) really bad. (laughs) When he was rolling it. Uh, Yeah. I said Lizzie's smooshed mini rolls, um, which were like the giraffe mini rolls that we mentioned, because here's the thing. She brought out, you know, sometimes they try to do like a little fancy, quirky stuff in the presentation. And she brought out pictures of her family as if that would help fucking Paul Hollywood not tear her apart. And so she put out these pictures of her family because they used to go to the zoo to see giraffes. And like, that was the inspiration. But then when her rolls started dripping, it had like this very like sort of dark thing where like all the caramel was like dripping all yes. over the pictures of her family and like covering all their faces and I was like oh no <laughs> this is so dark this is really <laughs> tough to watch uh, yeah. I would I mean at what point uh, do you just take the pictures away you know like I, I right <laughs> she kept them there the entire time which she is, did you know, I mean um, props for family. commitment yeah exactly I just like and <laughs> that would not have been good to taste I'm sorry no I agree um Okay, this is a last-minute addition. Incredible uh, naming by Amelia here. Eyes on the prize, the Paul Hollywood moment of the week. Did you have a personal favorite? I mean, I I always love Paul, so you go. Are you pro-Paul? Are we a pro-Paul podcast? I know you two aren't, but I'm pro-Paul. That's good. That's good. We have balance. I'm not necessarily (laughs) anti-Paul. He has his moments. Uh, My favorite Paul moment of the week was he made a joke about how Prue would have to clean out her take out her teeth and clean them after eating the malt loaf. And she hit him so hard. She like <laughs> flapped her hand to the side and like decked him in the stomach so hard oh that it like God. cut to Christelle. And Christelle was like, oh my God, she hit him. Right. Yes. And you could like hear the, <laughs> you could hear like the whack. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh shit. She wanted to do that for a while. Uh, so yeah, that, that was, was my great. favorite Paul Hollywood moment. <laughs> But that I mean, there are always moment. there are always many to choose from. Oh my god! Of course. Let's run through some of the best sound bites, uh, some of the best quotes from this episode. Yes. Go ahead. I would say one of my favorite, the first ones when they're all getting into the tent, you know, the quarantine was from Giuseppe, and he was like, "This is like the feeling you get when you walk into the Sistine Chapel," and I was just like, "What a great comparison! It's so true." You know, if you ask me, if I would rather. Spend an hour in the bake-off tent or an hour in the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> I swear to God, I would choose the bake-off tent. And it's not close. And who could blame you, honestly? I mean, it's iconic. Uh, both are home to masterpieces, you know? Truly, yes. Just history has been made in exactly. both of these places. Um, so, yeah, a great one. Um, I also loved the, and I think we both did, the seepage was massive from Lizzie talking about her mini rolls, which was like, yeah, girl, it was massive. The seepage was truly massive. 
Just really clip great. that. Yes, that's a great like no context Great British <laughs> yeah, Bake Off exactly. moment. Uh, I wanted to note that it took Prue exactly 22 minutes in the first episode of the season to say that something was worth the calories. Nice. Uh, again, like you just have to have a better catchphrase. Like you have to come up with something better because uh, like, no one's thinking about calories, Prue. Like I promise truly. you, no one is. And no one uh, wants to be reminded of the calories. Right. Exactly. No one wants to be like, well, fuck, mine wasn't. You know, like, right? No yeah, one, exactly. No one wants to think that. Uh, exactly. So just come up with something new, please. Um, <laughs> I already mentioned this, but again, when Tom said, I don't like doing equal measurements on anything, and then it cut <laughs> right it cut right to Giuseppe going, these have to be eight centimeters each. I was like, I can tell you which one of you is going to go the distance and which one of you isn't. Like, no more famous uh, last words on the Great British Bake Off. You know, these producers and editors, you obviously they're nice people and the show turns out great, but you know, I mean, they know the assignment and they do a great job. You know? They really do. Um, I wanted to talk about Chiggs because he just seems like a very Chiggs. gregarious guy. Uh, and I loved, he's like very, very British, very, very gre- gregarious. And like, he kept saying in it, which is incredible. Yes. Um, <laughs> but he goes at the end when they're, you know, putting away their showstoppers, he goes, Giuseppe, you got some skill, dude, man. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, okay. he does, Chigs. I agree. <laughs> well said. Chigs. Uh, I'm sorry. I just like, this is the first time I've ever heard the name Chigs, and I'm just, I, I love it. And he's such a Chigs, you know? He's a Chigs. <laughs> he's a Chigs. That's, and then uh, this oh is a last-minute addition from <sighs> Sasha, I believe, uh, in the outline. But again, Jürgen, the quote of the episode. I am a happy little Jürgen. Yes. Uh, I don't usually like third person when people say, but I would love if Jürgen spent the entire show calling himself Jürgen. It's so uh, delightful. It's a, a such a fun Jürgen. name to say. We should, in future outlines, make sure that we're including the umlaut. <laughs> yes, uh, I've been trying to do that. Name. Yeah. Because, listen, we got to do Jürgen justice. All right. He's an icon. Uh, what is the most absurdly British moment in this episode? Have to say, Freya... Uh, Really took the cake for me, no pun intended. She, first of all, she has like really hilarious vocal fry. And speaking as someone with vocal fry, again, like, you know, we're millennial women. Like, that's just how we talk. You have vocal fry. Well, and it's not a bad thing. And it lends, but Freya has a lot of it. And it lends this very hilarious, like, sass to everything that she says uh, that I just didn't expect coming from like her sweet little face. And so she was talking about, I think, uh, baking with Aquafaber instead of something else. It's like a vegan equivalent. And she goes, it is a bit of a faff, isn't it? Really? (laughs) I was like, oh, Freya, I love to call things faffs. My brother who lives in Scotland says that things are a bit of a faff all the time. And I'm like, yes, that's the best word that we don't have in America. What does Um, it mean? I think it just means like it's kind of a mess. It's kind of like fucked up. Like it's just kind of a bit of a faff. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I love love it. I love it every time they say it. Bit of a faff. That's fun. Yeah. I think we should take it. Like Americans okay. take everything. I think we should take faff. I'm into that. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I thought. Okay. So here's here is my question for if there are any British people out there listening. Uh, First of all, apologies. Second of all, right. continue. <laughs> Why aren't you listening to a like a actual British uh, recap? version of this? No. Yeah. Um, I th- I was confused because. Throughout the episode, there were jokes being made that Maggie, one of the contestants, looked like Prue, which, I mean, yeah, they're both like older women. They have the same hair. hair. Yeah, and that's that's about it. And they're both British. Um, And so and I think Paul called Prue Maggie or something. Yeah, he kept doing it. 
Yeah. And it was just like, okay, wow, that's offensive. Um, And then Noel said, when he looked at uh, them both, and he was like, I love hearing you, as in Maggie, and Prue chat. I've never felt more like a chimney sweep in my life. It's like a Dickens novel. And I obviously know, we know what a chimney sweep is, but that doesn't make sense in the context. So can someone, is it like slang for something? I'm so confused. I didn't get it either. First, I thought it was like a Mary Poppins reference. Like, is there a scene in Mary Poppins where like Mary Poppins is talking to Mary Poppins or something and Dick Van Dyke is also there? But I was like, no, I don't think there is. Like, I've seen Mary Poppins. And I don't think there's like a something like that. I, I right. have no idea what this meant. I've, I watched this episode twice and both times I was like, I don't get that. Um, so, yeah, if anyone knows why he made that joke, are we stupid? Like, please explain it. It to was us. very confusing. I had to look on Urban Dictionary and I didn't I don't think I found the right definition. It must and I was be, just like, yeah, I'm it must confused. be a reference. It must be a reference to something where like two people, two identical people or I don't are, know. I feel stupid. Yeah, I know. I feel very dumb. Also, I didn't oh, get the chimney Lord. sweep thing at all, uh, but I'm sure they'll be making this joke until we literally want to die. So I'm sure <laughs> we'll have multiple opportunities because they did this joke to death uh, about Maggie and Prue, which like they're at least like 15 years apart. Prue is like way older than we think. And she looks great. Uh, Maggie's like, what, 63? And they just like are very different people and have very different personalities. And literally the only thing similar is their hair. So I'm like, you can tell neither <laughs> of them are like really into it. Uh, right. But I guess that's what we're rolling with this season. Um, speaking of Prue and how, you know, done up she is at all times. What was this episode's best Brit fit? And again, props to Amelia for naming these awards because that's really oh, good. Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to be annoying and say Paul <laughs> was freaking looking cinched and svelte in that black button down. I mean, Paul can rock a button down. Okay. I just, I'm sorry. Paul had a real makeover like midway <laughs> through the series and he looks, he got those hair plugs. He looks really good. And I love Paul. I mean, I we can admit it. Like him, it's but... fine. I also am wearing a black button <sighs> down. Uh, and you look great. If it's basic, you know, if it works, it works. Um, it I have does. to say, the reason Amelia took that was because I took Prue. Uh, and Prue, an all-timer fit this week. She had hot pink glasses on, which matched her hot pink earrings. She had a floral, like, three-quarter length tunic blazer and then bright red shoes. Yeah. Uh, just great stuff. And she also indirectly matched Noel who was wearing like smiley faces all over <laughs> right. his sweater. I love Noel. We haven't said He's that yet. We haven't really talked about him yet. I absolutely love Noel. He's great. I would, I would marry Noel tomorrow. He's um, awesome. And also speaking of Noel, uh, an honorable mention Brit fit is we have to talk about this week's intro. Oh my God. In which uh, <laughs> both hosts and both judges perform a bake-off rendition of Achy Breaky Heart in full mullets and full Billy Ray Cyrus cosplay. It is either the best or the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, hard it's, to say. It's just amazing that they allow, these people allow them to put them in, the, in these situations. I'm just like... Genuinely. I, I'm always committed. surprised. They I committed. know. Paul Hollywood makes you think that like he never has had fun in his it's, entire life. Yes. And then he does this thing where he like <laughs> is is pretending to play the guitar in a mullet in like an extremely tight pink v-neck next to Noel. <gasps> right. And I'm like, oh you, something is amiss with your uh, persona because clearly you do know how to have fun and make fun of yourself because exactly. you're doing it right now. Exactly. I remember I remember thinking that when he dressed up in like their Wizard of Oz stuff, I was like, yeah. you got him to wear that? And again, you got him to wear that? Like, 
amazing. I don't, he I, know. I don't know dudes. how they do it. They, maybe they just like literally slip him money like right on the spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, I need more. And they're like, okay. <laughs> right, um, right. But yeah, incredible stuff. Also, I loved how Noel's mullet was like not that different from his regular <laughs> hair. Uh, he's got some real layers this season. Uh, like really yes, he does. fresh, like Farrah Fawcett layers. Love that. Um, let's talk about the other host that we've not addressed yet. We also have differing opinions on him. Uh, this is the Matt moment of the week. Amelia, take it away. Okay, so I know that he is a very divisive figure on uh, Bake Off, but I, you know what? I appreciate him. I don't know. Um, I laughed when he was talking to Jurgen, and you know he was like, "I can sing the Flintstones theme song in German," and Jurgen was like, "Yeah, go for it." And so then he actually sang the whole entire thing, and I the loved whole in the, thing. <laughs> the whole thing, and it was just like in Jurgen or Jurgen. It was in German and. Um, I love that halfway through it, Jurgen was like, I- I'm going to continue to bake. I don't. OK, thank you. <laughs> like, oh, he's still going. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say I want to die every single minute that Matt <laughs> is on camera. And that's how I felt last season as well. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's this is balance. This is a balanced podcast. And I'm glad that you enjoy him. Um, <laughs> and. Think- He's deli- I don't know. He's delightful. I think, Everything's I think delightful. He was better this episode than the last season, so I'm optimistic okay. um, for his yeah. continued. Uh, but yeah, we will continue having this category because I'm sure he will do something that offends me every week. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Look Great. forward to that next time. Um, <laughs> next one, not to get all sappy and or the most saccharine moment. What moment just made just gave us the serotonin and gave us the tears? Uh, for me, it was when Maggie won the technical and she cried. Mm, <laughs> she was so yeah. happy, and I love when sweet. they get really happy about like not a handshake, not Star Baker, just like the littler moments, like just mean so much to them, especially early on. Definitely. Um, and she was so so happy about her winning malt loaf, and I was it like, was yes, Maggie, you should so be. Cute. I'm happy for you. Uh, I know. She was like, I'm terribly pleased. And then she was like, uh, cry laughing. And I was like, that is delightful. Yes. <laughs> that was lovely. I agree. Um, I really, uh, this is so lame, but everything about Jurgen has literally had me on the verge of tears. <laughs> he is just, oh my God. I just, I love Jurgen. He is so sweet. He is a delightful I man. I he agree. Is. He's so great. Um, okay. <sighs> Next up. We're going to do, instead of the Hollywood handshake, uh, we're going to deploy the Hallowell High Five and the Wedemeyer winner. These are just something that we feel uh, deserve more credit that we would have given a handshake to this week were we in the tent. Um, So I'm going to give my Hallowell High Five to Giuseppe's orange sweet rolls. Uh, They were orange ricotta. They, again, just looked absolutely neat as a pin. Prue said they were a triumph. And I think right. if Paul had not gotten some flack for giving away too many handshakes, I think he would have gotten a handshake for them because they were <laughs> perfect. So Hollywood or Hallowell high five for Giuseppe. I love that. I think, you know, I was really impressed with his those roles, too. And uh, I know it's I feel I part of me is like, well, it's, yeah, he's not handing them out. The high he, fives. I'm glad he doesn't. Honestly, really? he, okay, did, okay, okay. he did it too much. I'm giving Giuseppe my own, but I, I'm <laughs> okay. I think Paul needed to cut back on the handshakes. <laughs> I'm on that side of the debate. See, I'm just like, give everyone everything. They're all great. <laughs> so, okay. That's, that's good fair. That you think that. Who um, is your uh, Wedemeyer winner? I would say my Wedemeyer winner is I was really just impressed with everything Christelle did, like her showstopper. Again, it was 
that she she thought of the idea I thought was uh, clever and different than what other people were doing. And it really looked like a bouquet. It literally looked like a bouquet. And like you cut into it. Is it a cake or is it a bouquet? Um, and also I her chai mini rolls looked really good. And yes, love uh, chai. That's, yeah. They sounded delicious. Right. And it was called and she called them chai and chai again, which I liked. And Cute. I think she got docked for it being a little too sweet, but honestly, it's a dessert. Like yeah. hello, you Come know. On. So uh I really just yeah, just everything that she did, I really enjoyed. So yeah, we didn't talk about her that much on this episode, but uh we're about to make predictions of the final three. And, you know, we've seen one episode. I thought it would be fun to try to predict the final three in the winter based on, like, literally all that we've seen. Um, as we know, like, the first episode can be totally, like, not at all representative of how the season goes. Like, we could be totally wrong. Um, but I, I kind of took these away from Amelia because I did it first. <laughs> um, no, you're And fine. I think there were pretty much only three people to choose that really, really stood out as I think the most talented uh, from this episode. So my prediction for the final three are Giuseppe, Christelle, and Jorgen. I also think, I think Freya could go the distance and I think Maggie could go the distance. Um, but I think these three were the real standouts uh, of the first episode. I know you that was your, your final three choice as well, right? Right. That was also my final three. I, um, I really... Uh, you know, it's, it's hard because like you said, it's like, it's the first week and, uh, you, we've only had a few challenges and they all kind of stood out. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think those are the top three right now, but obviously it could change. I think right. we should keep an eye on Chigs. Sure. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I think I'm going to give Jurgen the win. Yes. I love that. I would be shocked if Jurgen didn't at least make the final three. I love him. He's good under pressure. He's meticulous. Uh, he'll definitely be a fan favorite either way. I'm going to give the win, uh, my prediction for the win, to Christelle. Just because, listen, her cake was bomb. She's mm -hmm. good under pressure. She has fun ideas. And a guy won last year. So that's my reasoning for giving it to Christelle. But I think any, Giuseppe, Christelle, or Jurgen, if any of them win, I will not at all be surprised at this point. Um, but we'll see. I lo also love Giuseppe. I'm not not rooting for him. I just, yeah. you know. Went with Christelle instead. I get um, it. Sasha, do you have any predictions that you want to share to get on the record? I actually agree with your top three, except I would sub out Maggie or sub in Maggie. Uh -huh. Sorry. I'm going to sub in Maggie. So I'm going to do Jurgen, Giuseppe, and Maggie as the top nice. three because they tend to give, they do tend to give the old ladies yeah. or the like grandmas, the Great British Bake Off grandma. Yeah person like a little bit more leeway I feel like mm. than some of the other types of characters that they have on the show and they typically really like the grandmas yeah. they have a soft spot listen I think, who among us you know <laughs> exactly you know who I really did like George yeah George was sweet I agree. With his little family. Talk about yeah. he left his oven open and his mini rolls were a disaster uh he disaster. he made like a gaming board for his showstopper which like was Looked middle of the middle tried. of the board kind of but everything tasted okay yeah. I feel like I I feel like he was one of those people who got like totally screwed up mm. in the first episode because they went in there and were like I have never been in a timed tournament before which like totally understandable and i have my eye on him he's my like sleeper that's a great pick because actually i think he came in either third or fourth in technical so he has the skill level yeah. we'll see we'll keep an eye on george i love that 
And his cake in the showstopper tasted, they loved the cake. Yes, that's true. They loved it. They just thought it looked like shit, which it did. That's fair. Fair enough. He tried. All right. He did. So who do you think will win, Sasha? Jurgen. Money's on Jurgen. I love it. I think Giuseppe has it in him. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Also, Giuseppe, who didn't tell his kids that he's on this show, and his plan is to just turn on this season of The Great British Bake Off and be watching it with his kids be like, oh, it's back. Let's watch it. And then his kids are going to be like, that's you. Uh, oh, God. I feel like that's unsustainable, especially if he lasts the whole time. Um, yeah, like, where did but, dad go? Right, they're going to be like, why are you gone every weekend? Right, <laughs> unbelievable. He's in a bubble. He's gone the whole time. Like, where did he go? I don't know what. Oh, I don't know right. what they're telling him. Uh, so, what do they think he's I don't know. I don't know how sustainable that plan is, but I love it. I love the idea behind it, and I can't wait to see if that's how it happens. Um, okay, I think we're pretty much out of time. Next week is Biscuit Week. Another personal favorite. It looks like they're going to be making functional biscuit toys for the showstopper. Unbelievable. Mm. Love that cool. kind of thing. Again, like our very meticulous bakers, I think we'll, uh, we'll be in good shape for that, but we will see. Um, make sure to listen to all the other shows on the Ringer reality TV feed throughout the week while you're killing time until the next episode, including Amelia on All Rose, No Thorn every Wednesday, Tyson Apostol recapping Survivor Season 41 every Thursday, and Johnny Bananas recapping the challenge every Wednesday. Thank you to Sasha, our producer, who just dropped her blazing hot takes on Bake Off, and I'm sure we can count on her to do that every week as well. Uh, I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wanemeyer. And this has been Everything is Cake, a Great British Bake Off podcast. Bye.